What is happening, you beautiful bastards? Monday, Monday, Monday! Tonight's fight is between the beautiful bastards and Brimstone! We'll sell you the whole seat, but you'll only use the edge. Perfect. That's good. I like that you fucked it up. <laughs> I could barely even hold on to that. <laughs> I noticed. <laughs> Uh, I can't. I don't understand how that guy does that for a living. Oh yeah, because I'd fucking so lose much. my shit every Monday or every Sunday. Because <laughs> he's done it so much, man. I know. Uh, well, welcome everyone. Hopefully, you enjoyed that stupidity we had right there. Uh, <laughs> if you couldn't tell, this week's guest is Brimstone. Uh, he is a man of of all things. He, he is, has his hands in a, a lot of a lot of cookie jars. Uh, yeah, and you'll find out. Uh, the reference at the beginning was because he used to wrestle <laughs> and do food stuff and, and do voice stuff and TV and comic books and, and podcasts, fucking everything. And he knows everyone. <laughs> he does. Now he knows us. And by proxy, we now know everyone. And now it's only by what? Two degrees, maybe three instead of six. <laughs> now you got you. Now you just fucking stretched it, man. <laughs> wait a second could this be the matrix again (laughs) Uh, so without further ado enjoy brimstone or whatever the fuck we're doing welcome back everyone to another week of beautiful bastards we have a fantastic guest for you guys this week jerry who the hell do we have well today we're talking to brimstone and he is a man of many talents. Uh, we're actually going to send you guys uh, some links so you can figure out where he's from, who he is, and what kind of awesome talents he's got. But uh, Brimstone, what's happening, buddy? Brother, first and foremost, I want to say thank you so much for having me. Finally, Brimstone has made it to the Beautiful Bastards podcast. <laughs> we're about to light it up, guys. We're going to have some fun, kick back, have a couple of drinks. And, uh, of course, I'm going to be drinking water. You guys drink whatever you're going to drink. But we're going to have some fun. I'm super excited. And, uh, again, Andy, Jerry, thank you for having me. And uh, let's do it, bro. All right, man. So uh, I know uh, the entertainment industry is a pretty wild place, right? But you've been in it for a long time, huh? I've been in for, for quite some time. So I'm 46 right now. And uh, I've been in since I'm about five years old. I started on Sesame Street and Romper Room. Um, then what do you call it? Uh, that's how far back I go. I was a child actor on Sesame <laughs> Street and Romper Room. Then I, uh, you know, later on, I wound up touring, uh, you know, in music, then uh, touring in pro wrestling. You know, I do acting. I'm an author, comic book character, animated character. I do voice work. I do kids books. Um, the foodie industry. I've done a little bit of everything. And I also do the Grindhouse Radio and iHeartRadio and uh, 30 other networks. Right now we're doing like three and a half to 4 million listeners weekly worldwide. And, uh, you know, just just racking it up, man. Um, I, I, I'm one of those guys that, you know, I wanna, I wanna experience everything. I wanna do anything that I've ever wanted to do. And this way there are never any regrets. You know what I mean? If there's something I wanna do, I say, I'm gonna do it. And people might say, yeah, okay, whatever. And I say, all right, well, yeah, I'm, I'll make it happen. And sure enough, you know, I will, you know, put 200% in because that's what you need. You yeah, can't for sure. Away with 100%, you need to do 200% or, or more. Um, and, you know, I try to put 200% into everything I do. And, and you know, there it is. And, and every once in a while, guess what, guys, you fail. But those are the, the seeds that you utilize for success because success does not happen without failure. And, um, 
you know, entertainment industry, you know, you've got, you hit a lot of walls. You got a lot of people that are out there that, um, you know, whether they're haters and they want to knock you down, uh, whether they're just trying to jump on your coattails. Um, there's other people that, you know, will utilize you for as far as you can take them. Um, and then there are real deal people who, who want to see you succeed and, and will put you in, in the places that you need to be. I mean, there's, it's, you, you have like this, this giant world of, um, you know, different, different types of people that you have to look out for and you have to look out for. Hope that makes <laughs> sense to you guys. But yeah, so, so 41 years, you know, in entertainment, um, I've seen some stuff and things. <laughs> I like your idea of the fact that you, you want to basically do everything you can. That way you have no regrets with it. Because there's so many right. people that, that, that their life stops because they're fearing it. When yeah. truth be told, if you just say screw it and do it, oh, it's so much better. Oh, it's yeah. it's a wild time. Actually, one of uh, one of my good friends, uh, I, maybe he got this from a fortune cookie, but I think it's fantastic. <laughs> he said uh, he said to me recently, actually, if your dreams don't scare you, they're not big enough, and that's kind of how we ended up here with this show, you know? Yeah, you know, I, I, at the end of the day, people are afraid to take that jump. They're afraid to look outside of the box and kind of make things happen, and. Um, you know, listen, it, it's not that it's not that I have all these resources all the time and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to make. this. No, <laughs> I go out and I say, all right, well, I want to do this. So I seek out who I need to deal with to do X, Y and Z. And I figure out, you know, the best route to do that X, Y and Z. You know, um, you know, I did when, when I was on tour, um, you know, signing at all the comic book conventions. I do a lot of signings for the cons and, um, you know, when, when uh, I started doing that again to support my comic book and the kids' books and, and so forth, I said to my director of operations at the time, because I own a couple companies as well. I own Hound Comics Inc., uh, Hound Entertainment Group, and I have myself and my partners with the Grindhouse Radio. But um, so with Hound, you know, when I was starting to promote the, the comics and the kids' books and, and the toys and all that jazz, I said, well, I'm going to have to start doing the Comic-Cons again, uh, not just on the wrestling stuff. You know, I'm going to be doing it for the comics and this stuff as well. So I told, I said, Aton, I said, I, you know, I can't, I can't just go out on the road and see trains, planes, and automobiles, the inside of, of arenas and hotel rooms and all that jazz and not see where I'm going anymore. I said, I have to, I have to enjoy myself. And, Absolutely. Um, you know, he says to me, he goes, what do you want to do? I said, well, I like to eat. He goes, yeah, well, we know that, Brim. I said, oh, thank you so much. <laughs> um, and then uh, he said, and then I said, well, and you know, I can, I can speak. He goes, yeah, you could talk for days, brother. I said, yeah, thank you so much. We all know that. Um, so uh, what do you call it? I said, well, why don't we do something in the foodie realm? Because, um, you know, I am, I'm a bit of a grill master. I sit and I, I cook all the time. And, um, you know, I said, you know, why don't we go and, and find the you know, the five-star restaurants and the mom and pop hot dog shops in all of these different areas and do like little food hound reviews, you know? And uh, he's like, food hound? I was like, yeah, I'm the original food hound. You know, I was like, I know food. I know where to sniff it out and know where to find it and, you know, and, and so forth. And, you know, we get all those delicious flavor behaviors on our taste buds, give it a taste bud tango. And I started throwing out all these lines and he's like, you are out of your goddamn mind. <laughs> I, am. I said, and the tidbits are is because we're giving you tidbits of information on all the different locations, whether it be like, um, again, a mom and pop hot dog shop and what's their story and where they come from. And, you know, and, and other places we did haunted spots and speakeasies and all this other stuff that was just insane. And, um, you know, we, we wound up making food on tippets three seasons. So what's the next natural progression of that? The next natural progression is, well, why don't you do some kind of a foodie line? So um, I was able to work it out without getting into the whole rigmarole of where and how and when. 
um, I worked it out with pretty much the godfather of uh, hot sauce. Um, and I set up my own uh, sauce and seasoning line with him, as well as my buddy Bumblefoot, who was at the time with Guns N' Roses. So, you know, Bumble and I, you know, then went on tour to support that stuff. You know what I mean? So it was like, it, it all kind of connects. And, and the one thing about, and because I always want to do sauces and seasonings. So, yeah. you know, just, just that was the reason for the story. Um, so I, you know, I found a way to make that happen. And then I said, well, I always loved coffee. So I started a coffee line with, with you know, <laughs> you know uh, a, a company here on Long Island. I'm, I'm Long Island, New York. Uh, I wanted candy. So I worked out the deal with um, the, the candy company I deal with, who the, the woman who owns it is the daughter of the guy who created Jelly Belly, Jelly Beans. Um, you know, so like you always sniff it out. Chocolate bars. Well, you know, my buddy Stan Lee, um, if you guys don't know who Stan Lee is, you know, then you don't know Marvel. But, you know, say Stan, you've been under a rock. Um, <laughs> yeah, Stan, I was I'm the celebrity spokesperson for his foundation. So Stan, when he was alive, um, every so often, uh, you know, I would try to get out to his um, his offices and hang out and chat. And I was also very close with his crew. And, um, you know, I wound up going into um, he was doing something with this place um, right on Hollywood Boulevard. Hollywood and Vine is the uh, is the what do you call it is the, the mall um, or right by Hollywood and Vine is the mall. And um, it's the Hollywood and Highland Mall. Uh, so what happens is uh, they had like the biggest candy store in like that I've ever seen aside from uh, I forget what the hell that other place is which is bigger but this place was huge and um, you know I was like well Stan has his own chocolate bars in here well guess what Old Brim's gonna have his own chocolate bar too so I went in you know and and I got a call they called him over from Stan's uh, offices they're like Brim's coming over and uh, we wound up making a, a what do you call it, a chocolate bar so you always you always kind of have to roll and build and you know you, you seek out opportunity and make it work so like for me, you know, the other thing with all this is that everything connects. So a lot of people are like, well, all right, well, you're you were a pro wrestler and now you're doing foodie stuff and then you're doing radio and you did comics. And how does it kind of work? Well, you know, it, it works quite, quite fluidly, uh, to be completely honest. If you want me to answer that, I, I, to, to go there, I will. But I don't want to just keep talking. So it you seems tell, like tell me what you want. You're, you're good, man. But it seems like you got your hands in a lot of jars at one time. Yeah, your yes. taxes must be a hell of a thing to do oh every year. <laughs> well, it's you could ask my accountant that, but he probably won't answer. Um, <laughs> so he hides from me too. But um, that being said, yeah, man, everything's connected. Everything's well connected. You know, when you're when you're in pro wrestling. What's the next natural progression of professional wrestling? I'm always thinking, what's the next natural progression? Yeah, you just kind of build not, on branding, right? Yeah, it's branding, building branding, and and you know marketing. You got to market. You know, well, especially because you, you can't be doing wrestling forever. I mean, there's a point where right. your body starts to break, especially with wrestling. Right. Uh, yeah, I'm feeling it now. Unfortunately, at 46, and and I have not been in the ring for probably about eight to ten years at this point. Uh, even though people keep trying to goad me back in, I just I haven't done it. Um, and it's funny because one of my co-hosts, uh, Mr. Greer is consistently saying, yeah, it depends on what day you're, you're, you're telling us whether you want to do it or you don't want to do it. Yeah. You're going to go <laughs> do a, something else. And then you're not going to do something else. And I'm like, well, look, if the right opportunity came along, maybe I would consider it. But, um, at the end of the day, I, it's not like I'm one of these ginormous superstars that you're going to make a couple of mil getting in the ring for, uh, for a five minute, 10 minute match. You know what I mean? That's not yeah. the case here. So, you know, at the end of the day, if I do it, it would be for for um, you know a big charity or or something to to kind of yeah, yeah you know so aside from that man yeah man I just try to I try to make things happen and make things work you got to keep digging you know 
besides Sesame Street, I mean, unless you consider Sesame Street to be your big break, like what was it that first got you moving and everything? So I didn't even realize that when I was five, I had an agent. I had more than one agent, actually. <laughs> I had two agents. I had contracts. I had things going on that my mother was dealing with. And um, I, my mother passed away about three years ago. And we, we've been in the process. We finally just sold her house. Um, you know, Sorry to hear with, about it. You know, well, thank you. But it, it was, and it was, it was an undertaking. But uh, that being said, you know, I found, um, what do you call it, like in different areas, um, we found my original Sesame Street contract for like a three month contract with Sesame Street. Uh, I found all these agent, you know, contracts and everything. And I'm going, holy crap, I didn't even know that I had, you know, I had a formal agent, you know, way back when. And I don't, I didn't have one at the time, you know, <laughs> but uh, what do you call it? Uh, now I do have a new agent and everything and, uh, and so forth. But that, that being said, um, it was, it was, I, you know, that was my first foray into it, but my parents were divorced uh, when I was very young. So, you know, when it came to going to auditions, if it were uh, taking place when my father would have me, there'd be some issues and so forth. So that got cut short, you know, and then later on, I started, you know, when I was, a, I was still a kid, you know, I, I started, I fell in love with like comic books, you know, Spider-Man and X-Men and all that jazz. And, uh, and I wanted to be the, a famous uh, artist. I wanted to be a, a comic book artist. And that was what I wanted to do. And uh, obviously that didn't happen, uh, but I wasn't bad. I just didn't pursue it, which I should have pursued. But um, at the end of the day, my first real true love was drumming. Um, I became a drummer. I went to, uh, to, after I went, I started in elementary school. Uh, as soon as we got past the, the uh, the violin stage, <laughs> you know, where everybody's <laughs> got to get the violin and drive their parents crazy. I don't know what it is, but it's like a rite of passage. You know, you've got to kind of drive your folks crazy. Um, so I had that and um, and the recorder. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that, I'm the master on that. <laughs> Hot cross buns, man. Hot cross buns. That's what I'm talking about. The only <laughs> only instrument I ever had was the recorder because they were like, you need to put that fucking thing down and never touch it again. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing in there? You're making too much noise. <laughs> you know, they taught me in school. So, um, yeah, I mean, so I, I wound up after we got past that, they gave me the opportunity of, of a regular instrument for band. And I'm like, I want to play the drums. And um, I did drums and percussion. And I was a drummer for many, many years. I went to school. Um, I went to college to drum and, uh, you know, for music. And, and um, that's where I got my first break in radio, you know, where I first started doing, um, you know, getting being interviewed professionally, you know, was, yeah. was at uh, Nassau Community College. You know what I mean? Their radio station was the first one I ever did. And then, I mean, it's all history from there. I, you know, I went, I toured the world in, in music. Then, then um, you know, I got sick of being in a five-way marriage and I got, I, I got out of music <laughs> and, and I got into, uh, what do you call it, pro wrestling, which... You know, so, yeah, I had different breaks for different careers, you know, um, and I mean, obviously the Brimstone name came from pro wrestling. So, you know, I, I had a, you know, where as to where I wasn't one of these big superstars, um, you know, I did have a very big name in, in the independent circuit. I did work for the big guys. I did everything that you could possibly think of. Um, you know, it's just, um, you know, there's just a certain amount of spots that you could work with. But I made the most of what I what I built with my brand and my name. Yeah. And um that's why I'm still here. And there are a lot of people that have made it a lot further, you know, with, with a WWE, you know, who are doing nothing, you know, at this point. So, you know, and that's not a knock on anybody. That's just a, you know. Yeah. It all comes down to planning. I mean, you see it with, yeah. with other major sports too, where, you know, they make millions and millions of dollars. And then when they finally retire, which isn't long down the line, they've got nothing yeah. because they weren't planning for anything. 
Right. Well, you know, you know what the difference is too is that you know, Brim, you're you're a little bit different yourself, but a lot of those guys, they're professional athletes. That's that's all of it. They're not. Yep. They're not yep. big on branding. They they're not. They don't have this entrepreneurial thing going on. They're just. They can wrestle or they can play football, and when they're done, that's it. They never really thought yep. about it before. Whereas you, you know, you're always going. That's that's you know, it's the name of the game. If you're not, then somebody else is going to do it. If you're not doing it, someone else will. And oh, absolutely. Um, you know, and and at the end of the day, and look, and there's nothing wrong with working a nine to five. There's nothing wrong with that. And the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, that is it's it's 100 respectful. I personally could never work for somebody else and give my 200% to somebody else to build their future. That's, that's my personal thought behind it. Um, but I respect the people that do, you know? Um, and it's funny because a lot of the, a lot of people that do work nine to fives and, and again, um, you know, a lot of friends of mine and people that I know, they're like, Oh yeah, you have a fun job and all you do, you're hanging out with other celebs and you guys are partying it up and you're traveling and this and that. And then I say, bro, I haven't slept in three weeks. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Just so I have not slept in three weeks. I've got a schedule that you have, you know, no idea about. I'm the one that, yeah, yeah. I get to travel. Guess what I get to do. I get to, to, to take, you know, however many flights to X, Y, Z, wherever I'm going in the country or the world. Then I've got to be up at, you know, early up, up very early to, uh, to, to do um, early morning media um, then I've got to be at a convention sitting and, and, you know, talking and having, doesn't matter if I'm having a bad day, I have to be smiling <laughs> and happy and on all day long. And yes, I do get to meet fans. And that's one of the most amazing things ever. You know what I mean? The, the cons are the, one of the best things because you get to meet people, greet people, hear their stories. I, I've had kid, you know, girls come from, I had a girl come from Canada when I was signing in, in Vermont and she was crying on the line because she was coming to meet me. It was like the most humbling thing you could ever see and, 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 and have happen. And, and to this day, I still stay in touch with her because she was that fabulous, um, you know, and, and, and it was that, that dedicated to come over to see me. But one of these things is like, you know, oh, so all day long, you're on an emotional roller coaster. You know, then when I'm done there, I've got to go do more late night media. After that, I've got to go and do the obligatory appearance at their after party. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, it's a constant busy schedule. Just to wake up the next morning and do the same damn thing. You know what I mean? And don't forget, I own two businesses and I also have a family. So I'm also working throughout the day in between and taking whatever breaks I take. I'm sitting there on my phone doing whatever I have to do. We're not even con you know, counting social media. At this point. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We're, we're sitting and going through all this stuff. And, and that's, that's just if I'm going away to sign for a weekend. You know what I mean? My day-to-day -day is busy, busy, busy. I have people that I deal with all over the world. So if, I'm, if, if somebody contacts me, you know, and they're on the other side of the world and I got to do something at 3 or 4 in the morning, guess what? Guess who's awake at 3 or 4 in the yep. morning? You know, yeah. and then I'm up at what time? Six, seven, eight, depending. The dog's usually up. We got a new puppy. So I'm up at 6, 37 o'clock. Oh, anyway. I hear you there. <laughs> so, <laughs> but you see what I'm saying? Like, it, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And you get great perks. Yeah. But there's a lot of work that people don't see. Um, and and so I work, you know, when, when people go in at nine to five, they're there from nine to five. And maybe, and if they stay later, guess what? They're getting overtime. I might not get paid for three months. When I get paid, it might, might be a bigger check. You know what I mean? But, you know, at the end of the day, it, 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 I'm, I'm working, you know, like every single day. So it's a different type of a lifestyle altogether. And uh, and I respect everybody who does both, whether it be nine to five or or make their, you know, work as an entrepreneur or work as an entertainer. And again, 
one of my big things is entertainers are entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs should be entertainers. So, yeah, they should. Know. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when we got into the whole podcast game, I don't think we had any clue on the amount of work that it was going to take. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it's true. And yeah. we we really enjoyed doing it. So, it, you know what I mean? It's, is, is it really work? Mm, no, but it takes up a shit ton of time. <laughs> well, yeah. listen, it, it will work. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Even, if it's, if, if, even if you don't think it's working, it's working. And the biggest thing, if I could give any advice in terms of, of any of that, whether you want it or not, I'm going to give it to you anyway. But um, <laughs> create create for yourselves. You create oh, yeah, we for do. you, the people will come. You know what but, I mean? And that's the thing we found. We no, 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 it's don't okay. worry it's, about it, dude. It's that that genuine uh, creation that's what draws people in. I mean, yeah, you yeah. can you can get somewhere with just something commercial that you think will sell, but you get the staying power when you're just true to what you want to do. That's what people want to see. Absolutely, and build the brand. You and that's the biggest the thing for us. We're doing it because we just love doing it. Like meeting new people, figuring out new shit. But the, when you were talking about meeting fans, the first few times we've had interviewers come on and like talk to us, like they're like pumped to meet us. I don't know about Jerry. I had no clue how to respond. You're like, why? <laughs> Who cares about me? <laughs> yeah. Like, from from our perspective, we're just normal people, you know, it, but you know, we have one foot in the nine to five world, one foot in the entertainment industry. It's yeah. so we're kind of, we're seeing it from both sides and you're right. I mean, a lot of people don't realize the grind that's there. So, mm -hmm. you know, we're we're behind the scenes. We're grinding every day. So we're not thinking about, oh, people think we're cool as hell. Really, we're just tired and having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, you don't look exhausted to me. You guys look perfectly fine. You call it, uh, <laughs> well, we're yeah, on no, air. We're on. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be on. Got to be on. You know, got to bring it. Got to bring the energy. And, um, you know, people don't realize that. They don't realize that. And And, you know, when you're working a nine to five, and then you're and then you're doing your own thing, you know, until the until that your own thing takes off and then you can get rid of the nine to five. Guess what? You're working double time. You know what I mean? Because you've got you've got a, a full time job and another full time job. So hats off to you guys. I'm impressed. And, and you know, at the end of the day, like I said, everything I respect what everybody does. If you're doing something, you're doing something positive and you're not sitting on your ass and doing nothing. I'm impressed and I respect you, you know. So it's the people that don't do anything and they just sit on their laurels that, that, that I, you know, it's like, all right, well, you know, and I, I like, I like people that work hard and that, that respect, you know, their, um, you know, respect the grind. You know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, for me, looking at you, like, it's like you own your own, like you are your own business, which if you've ever mm -hmm. met anyone who owns their own business, they're running around like a chicken with their head cut off, but you've got like 16 different things or more so going on. So good God, man. That's before I even get to sleep with my wife. So, <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah. And then I got to have that extra energy because, uh, you know, but what do you call it? And then, and then afterwards, then I gonna get more energy and I can't go to sleep and then I'm up working some more. God damn it. But, um, <laughs> no. Yeah, but it's always worth it in the end. And, uh, you know, you've had a crazy trajectory, but you seem happy with where you're at, right? Yeah, listen, I'm uh, here it is. I'm, I'm, I'm always happy. I'm never satisfied. Does that make sense? Actually, I, I feel the same way. Cause, uh, Grizz, he's, this is kind of the first thing he's done with, uh, what we'll call the entertainment industry. Mm -hmm. And, uh, the reason we ended up doing this is for one, we have these conversations, even if we're off air. So we were already doing it, but there's, uh, starting in 2019 ish, I was getting into video production and voiceover stuff. Then the pandemic squashed a lot of that. So we're like, yeah, hey, let's talk to people. 
That's what we do anyway. We'll have fun with it. Smart. Very smart. And what's what's great is a lot of people that that uh, that podcast don't realize that they can get into voiceover as well. Not everybody has the knack for it, but, you know, they you know, at the end of the day, you look, you have all the equipment. You might as well start yeah. podcasting. Or if you're a podcaster, you might as well start doing voice work. Do with my like, voice. I figured no one would ever want to hear my voice on the air. No, Chris has the voice of an voice. angel. No, yes, I he does that now. But when growing <laughs> up, I was always like, why the hell would anyone want to hear my voice? <laughs> it's, it's a weird it's a weird phenomenon too because i don't know how grizz felt about it he doesn't have a lot of emotions but almost everybody <laughs> almost everybody that i've talked to myself included the first time you hear yourself on a recording or played back you're like oh my god that's disgusting i can't do this anymore <laughs> you know no, what's I really funny i did not have that reaction you know it's really funny for me um i i personally i can't stand hearing myself on air and when i'm doing interviews and so forth with my regular voice when i'm doing yeah. voice work i actually enjoy it I, I enjoy listening back or watching it i actually um, feel the same way my my regular voice like you're hearing right now i'm not a big fan of it it's, yeah. so people seem to like it but all my voiceover stuff that i've done i listen back and i'm like god damn i sound good <laughs> that's, you know you, and that's a good that's a good thing you want to know why because if you don't believe in yourself ain't nobody else going to believe in you so hey. you need to make sure that you you know you're showing that that uh, love to yourself so so many people don't you know they they oh i suck i don't know I, I can't do it no just freaking do it just put your best foot forward and give it the best freaking college try man it's, people are so so scared they're so afraid to do anything that's outside of the proverbial box the fact of the matter is great things happen once you step outside that box every time man every time you step out of your comfort zone that's when big things happen and uh you know, look, at the end of the day, people people uh, need to kind of if they want more out of their life and they want more out of, um, you know, uh, whatever they're working on at the time, like we were discussing, you know, podcast or voice voiceover podcast, whatever it is, you know, then you're just going to always stay status quo, you know, um, you know, yeah. and, and I'd much rather I'd much rather continue to build my repertoire because at the end of the day, um, you know, my my legacy is what I leave. And, and that's what I'm looking to do is leave a legacy, you know, where people go, you know what, that guy, he busted his ass. He, he worked hard. Uh, he provided for his family. He was good to his fans and, uh, and he was real and he gave back. You know what I mean? Hell man, I give back all the time, you know, not because I want to, to get patted on the back for it. It's because it's the right thing to do, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, we get, we have awards on the, well, I have, you know, uh, um, an empire state award from New York state, you know, for giving back during the pandemic. I went, what do you call it with, um, uh, I got my, my, my people from Walmart, um, to, you know, go into it with me. And, uh, we donated to one of the local food banks, you know what I mean? Just to yeah. give back and, you know, not, I didn't, I didn't ask for the award. They gave it to us. Thank Thank you. You know what I mean? We yeah, didn't do yeah. it for the accolades. You know what I mean? We did it because it was the right thing to do. And more people should want to do that. Um, yeah. Hopefully that's something that spreads. I, I was going to say, I've actually, I've done the same thing too. I mean, now that, now that we've got a lot of this experience doing what we're doing, I, uh, I try to give back now. Uh, Grizz has got, uh, he's a little bit more pressed for time, but uh, a couple of times now there's uh, a nonprofit organization that I like to work with. I, I donate video services and stuff to them. You know, I made a commercial, did a live event for them. Uh, HVCC, Hockenham Valley Community Council. So they, uh, and it's not because, uh, you know, I'm getting patted on the back, you know, just like you said, most people don't even know I did it. It's just, I like the cause they are giving back to their community. So I wanted to help them out and I had the skills to do it. So that's what I did. 
And these are skills that I would never have developed if I didn't step outside that box, just like yourself, it's just doing nine to five. But that's not for me either. That's just, I'm still doing it right now to pay the bills, but you know. It's a necessity. You know what? And, and the day will come. I'll tell you right now, Jerry, the day will come where you're going to have to make a decision. Should I, should I, you know, cut the cord and, and leave the nine to five safety net and this do, and do my thing full time? Or do I stay, you know, connected and, and, you know, and it's a big decision. It's a it very is. big decision. But when I tell you, when you believe in yourself and you put yourself out there and you do your own thing, bro, nobody could take that away from you. I'd, I'd rather make less and work for myself than make more and work for somebody else. You know, that's just me. But, mm -hmm. you know, one day, one day when you get to that spot and you go, uh oh, all right, well, what do I do? <laughs> it's the scariest thing you'll ever do. It is the scariest thing yeah. uh, because that's, you know, that's your lifeline. That's your, you know, your, your safety rope. You know what I mean? So it's like, uh oh, you know, what, what do I do? Am I going to, am I going to make this work? And, you know, look, if you, if you, you do it and you believe in yourself and you work, you actually work, you know, there's no stopping you. And you will thank the Lord that you made that freaking decision. And you'll call me up and be like, Brim, you were right. But, um, <laughs> but you know, again, it's it's the, the scariest thing ever. And people are usually too scared to make that decision. And they don't believe in themselves. And I think that is a big issue in the world today. I think that people should believe in themselves more. Stop fighting each other. Everybody should be peaceful. Everybody should, should take care of one another. And everybody should help each other succeed. And I believe that everybody should believe in each other, you know, believe in themselves a lot more than what they do. Um, you know, and that's a public service announcement. For um, <laughs> We've seen a lot more of that, like with with doing the show, you, we're running into more people who are trying to actually bring the people around them up versus bringing them down. You know what I mean? That's where like it's at. Always, whenever you're yeah. looking at the news or anything or social media or anything like that, it's always someone trying to bring someone else down. But <laughs> Yeah. whenever you're coming when with the people we run into with what we're doing now everyone's always trying to bring you up trying to help you out and we're doing the same with them mm -hmm. um i don't know uh, will scott's episode air by now Jerry? uh not yet that's next week i think yeah, yeah that's right but i mean by the time brim comes out oh yeah yeah you're yeah, right yeah. by the time this one's out yeah scott will be out too but i mean yeah. so like we helped out another buddy like you're just constantly passing the you know hey you're turning another leaf and help I'm wording that awfully. <laughs> That's you know a Chris I mean? is not a word smith. You're paying forward. You're paying yeah, forward yeah, and helping you. somebody else. There you go. Pretty cool. And, and that's the way to do it. We do we've done um what do you call it over the years uh you know a grindhouse. You know one of the big things that we've done is we um we will do like podcast 101 201 301s we'll go and we've done appearances for everything don't even laugh at libraries, universities, businesses, college, you know, like unit kids, uh, not kids, um, high schools, you know what I mean? Just sitting down and, and yeah, somebody pays us to come in, but you know, there are other ones that we do, you know, pro, bo pro bono, but you know, we go in and we, whether it's even it's so usually they'll say, okay, it's an hour, an hour and a half. We're there for like three hours, three and a half oh, hours, yeah. you know, giving extra time to make sure that people have all the questions answered and so forth. I mean, and then like here clubhouse, I'm sure you guys are familiar with clubhouse. I'm on Clubhouse. Kim's on mm -hmm. Clubhouse. Tom's on Clubhouse. You know, then and, and what do we do? We go and we're and I'm still new on it. And every time I go on, thankfully, thank you guys, is they they mod me most of the time. And and uh, you know because I'm giving you know valuable information that can help other people. 
Yeah. And I leave myself open. So somebody messages me on, on Instagram because, you know, I'm very heavy on Insta. You know, I, I'm I will. It's always me who will answer you. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not mm-hmm. My assistant. It's not my wife. It's not my best friend. It's me. I'm the one answering you. And I look at all my messages. And, um, you know, and if I if that's I a full time job right there, <laughs> it is. It, mm-hmm. it, it is. Um, but, you know, people sometimes. Say, oh, you, you know, this this guy said he answers. I didn't see your message because it, there's three different areas in Insta. There's the the primary, there's general, uh, there's ge- primary or general, and then um, the the I don't necessarily want to see you area. And it's <laughs> when, you're, when you're not when you're not friends with the person on uh, or you're not following each other. Sometimes it goes into that zone, so you don't always see it. So I get a lot of requests there, um, and then every so often I I remember oh I have to go check that area. So people, I might not get to you right away, but I will get to you. Um, but I always try to answer questions because, you know, at the end of the day, people, people need that kind of guidance. And, and you know what, I don't care how you know big of a deal I am or I'm not, you know, I have no problem giving back to the people, you know, that are, that are trying to make something of themselves because like I said, help those who want to help themselves. You know, well, I you, guarantee you, someone helped you, someone along the way took you under their wing and helped you with the ropes too. You know what I mean? Nope. They didn't. Oh, not at all. They said nope. screw you. <laughs> Most people. Well, the funny. The funny thing is, is that uh, there. Okay, let me take that back. There were a couple of people that guided me in different directions, um, in terms of, um, in terms of the wrestling industry. Mm-hmm, that right. yes, but in general, overall, the overall arc, I I wasn't lucky enough to have a mentor. However, there were a lot of people that I looked up to mm. in the different areas and different genres that I've been in that I have I have. Um, I've now become friends with, you know what I mean? So like the people over the years, like when I was, you know, drumming and, and that was my regular thing. Like there were guys that like Rod Morgenstein from Winger and Dixie Dregs, Fred Curry from Cinderella. Uh, what do you call it? You know, you name it like Tommy Lee, you know, was my, my the big reason uh, I wanted to, to really drum when I got older and, and go on the road and all these guys, I know them personally now, Jimmy DeAnda from the Bullet Boys, you know, these are guys that I communicate with and they're friends of mine, you know, so like, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, we weren't friends then, but they're the ones that kind of gave me that, that like oomph to get up and go, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, you know, it, it's crazy how things and, and amazing how things have come full circle a lot in my career, you know what I mean, you know, with, with the, the acting, well, now I'm acting again, I have a very big agent, we're working on a bunch of different things um you know um the the um you know then the next thing was the art well even though i wasn't doing art i did comic books and then you know i'm with stan freaking lee you know until he passed you know what i mean so yeah. that, that was a, a big as thing. a comic book artist is literally your highlight of life <laughs> yeah. yeah um what do you call it music you know the same thing i toured with music and now friendly with a lot of the guys that that i i used to have on my walls um, which kind of sounds really bad at this time, you know, like, oh, I had guys on my wall. Anyway, when you had the posters on the walls, so there's different bands that you were into. Um, and uh, do kids do still it? do that nowadays? I don't even know. I, I don't know. We did this back in the day. I don't know how old you guys are, but when I was a kid, that's what we did. You don't have too many years on me. <laughs> well, well, then you should remember. I didn't do the bop and things like that. I had like Metal Edge and stuff like that. <laughs> I had Metallica well, uh, and things of that nature. There you go. See, but you had guys on your wall. Oh, yeah. Now I don't feel as bad. <laughs> I also had women on my wall, and they would naked, so I was all right. And look, hey, everybody loved Samantha Fox back then. 
had Samantha Fox, Alyssa Milano. What do you call oh, yeah. it? Uh, Christine Applegate. Mm, all right. And what's funny is I have a funny Alyssa Milano story. I'll tell you guys off the air another time, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you that story. Now, time. how the hell did you transition from music to wrestling? So that was that was an interesting thing. Um, at the time, so I was in music for for quite some time, obviously, and and um, at at that point. I, even though I was a touring musician, I also worked for uh, the Village Voice, uh, but it wasn't the Village Voice. It was the Long Island version. So it was the Long Island Voice. It was a sister company of um, for Stern, Publica- Stern Publishing. So um, essentially, Andrea Stern, who was the, the daughter of, the, of Stern, the guy who owned Village Voice, she wanted a pet project. So she started doing the Long Island Voice. And uh, I was pretty much you know, in, in charge of, I was brought in. I did you know, sales, marketing, advertising, for um, what do you call it? And I did a lot with the clubs and, and bars. Uh, so that was my scene because I knew everybody in the music world, you yeah. know? So I was like, yeah, so I could do what I do and I can make money at the same time. I'm in, you know? <laughs> so like, yeah, why not? Um, yeah. So I wound up doing, uh, I, I was doing, uh, you know, print sales and, um, you know, I got to do everything and network with all the people I usually network with. And, um, you know, I, I, I uh, was doing quite well. And, um, they knew that I was kind of like a jack of all trades. They knew I was already doing X, Y, and Z. And um, one of the things that I don't promote often, but I, you know, I'm a published um, uh, photographer as well. So I've done that as, you know, in the past too. And, um, and I've been in a bunch of books and um, they said, you know, we're, we're short on staff. And um, one of our writers is Bill Jensen is going out to, um, to do this covering of a small wrestling convention that's taking place. It's actually down the road, but we don't have a photographer to go with him. Do you think that, you know, you might be able to go with him and, you know, give us a hand and take a few pictures and, you know, we'll pay you for it. We'll give you, you know, one of our, our you know, uh, house cameras. I'm like, yeah, sure. Why not? So, um, you know, and I was going to get paid. I was like, double whammy. I'm in because they knew I liked wrestling. Like I was the kid who, you know, used to, uh, you know, we'd, we'd have the, these WrestleMania parties and SummerSlam and I'd be tossing people around and, <laughs> um, you know, so I, they knew I liked it. So I wound up going down with Bill and, uh, you know, we wound up interviewing, well, I didn't, he was interviewing um, a whole bunch of people that wound up becoming my friends later on in, in uh, you know, in the career. And, um, you know, we, we, we'd spoken with Bret Hart because Bret was there. And uh, so Bret knew, you know, that I was there with, with the, the publication. And uh, then, um, you know, I was walking towards uh, Iron Sheik and Sheiky, you know, who again is a friend nowadays, you know, he looks at me and goes, you, you look like you could be a wrestler. I train you, <laughs> I train you, I bring you in, I humble you, I train you and this, and you can bring me, you know, and I'm like, whoa, you know, and then uh, his, his agent comes over uh, at the time, snapshot Eric Sims and uh, Eric, a uh, good dude, and and um, you know he's he's uh, still I believe repping uh, Shiki, and um, you know so he says to me he says to me you know uh, starts what we call in wrestling a work he starts working me and uh, he's like yeah well you can you can bring uh, you know the Sheik out out to you and it would cost X Y and Z and blah 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 you could go out to Georgia where he is and you can pay, you know, it'll be cost this blah, blah blah I'm like whoa whoa hold on a second like I wasn't ready for all that you know I wasn't <laughs> ready for it. Uh, but I never had that spark in my mind, like, you know, maybe I could go and do, you know, professional wrestling. Um, so as that's happening, um, you know, Bret Hart overheard the conversation and, um, you know, he calls me over and uh, so and he was leaving. He had his gear with him, uh, not his gear, his um, he had his bag. He was about to fly out. It must have been to like at that point, Monday Nitro or whatever it was 
uh, WCW at the time. And um, he said to me, he goes, look, I, I heard you talking to, to Sheik and, and, uh, and uh, Snapshot. And, um, you know, if you're really interested in getting into the industry, here's my email address, um, you know, and let me know if you have any questions, if I can be of any assistance, you know, I'll, I'll be happy to give you some answers. I'm assuming he did it because he knew that I was with the publication and we already had interaction. I wasn't just some rando you know, fan off the street. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I had never heard of him doing something like that. But at that point, I really wasn't into wrestling that much. I was into watching to a certain extent. But um, I was like, wow, that's that's fantastic of you. Thank you. And, uh, you know, about a month or two later, I was looking through a magazine and uh, there was a new school that was opening and, and I contacted Brett. And uh, it was old school email, <laughs> AOL rather, uh, old school AOL. And, um, you know, I said, hey, uh, what do you think of this? And he said, this is what to look out for. I went down, um, you know, and, and everything seemed legit from what he was saying. And that's history, man. And that was, you know, over 20 years ago. So, uh, yes, yeah, so Brett, Brett was a very cool guy. And the coolest thing is out in San Antonio. So I was, uh, I was out in San Antonio and... Um, what do you call? It? I, I came in from uh, from dinner and I was out with a couple of friends. I was with um, uh, my buddy Ray Park and and uh, Daniel Logan from Star Wars, and uh, we were walking in, and they were going to do something else. And uh, some of my friends were up at the bar. There was like Nash and Hall, and you know I haven't hadn't seen them in a minute. So I went up to them, and Brett happened to be there because he was signing for the weekend. And I was like, you know what? You know, Brett and I had not seen each other since way back when and uh you know he probably doesn't even remember me anymore but i went over to him and i, I actually i i shook his hand and i said brett i gotta tell you i wanna i wanna thank you for everything you've done for me because had it not been for you i may not have been here now you know mm. what i mean and yeah, signing you know alongside you guys and uh you know he probably had no idea you know what i was saying or who you know who i was um but i you know at the end of the day he's uh, thank you for that. You know, and, and we had a couple more minutes of chat and he was going up to his room and I went and hung out with, with uh, Hall for the rest of the night. But um, you know, at the end of the day, it was, it was one of those things where, you know, uh, it was, it, it felt good to thank him for helping me out. So again, that's the little bit of a mentoring type of a thing, you know yeah. what I mean? But it wasn't like he was guiding me throughout my whole career. Yeah. You still um, had to make your own way. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that. And, and the funny thing is, is the same kind of thing happened with Tommy Lee. Um, but, but Tommy was, Tommy was a, um, we considered him like a unicorn because every time I was supposed to do something with Tommy, um, whether it was a, an event at a club or a signing somewhere, whatever it was, something would happen to screw it up. Either I got booked somewhere else and had to do something else, um, you know, which trumped what I had, what, what we were doing together or the same for him or, or he didn't show up till late or, you know, like even just coming into a club at like a, a, a literally like an hour and a half difference. Like it was stupid. I never got to meet the guy. And then finally I'm signing it. Um, this, this uh, convention, I sign it like that two conventions and stuff as well. And uh, this place uh, resorts world casino here on the Island is um, you know, they, they do big events and, and whatnot. And I'm there all the time. Um, well, when the world is open, and, uh, you know, I'll never forget it because the, the, um, the main security guard that would always watch over me and was, you know, in the area, uh, they called him Dallas, big black dude, um, cool as hell. And he says to me, he goes, you know, um, you know, he see, every time he sees me, comes over, always talks to me, right? Always talks to me, wanted to be a wrestler himself. He makes me look like a, a tiny tot, you know, this yeah, guy's yeah. huge. <laughs> 
so uh sweetest sweetest candy and um you know i it was funny because he, he's you know he knows me for years at that point and he says this man it's a crazy weekend not only do i have you all day i've got to watch over here he's like but i've got to go and i got i've got a musician coming in later um you know good buddy of mine you know that that uh you know i haven't seen him in a minute but he's going to be here you know tonight i'm like oh i said who you know tell me who, who you're watching he goes oh you know i don't know if you know him he's a drummer his name's tommy lee Hmm. i don't know if here. you know him. <laughs> so it's like yeah i said okay so i told him the story i told him the tommy story um you know that like every time i said this guy's like a unicorn we we, we think he's he's yeah we think he is, exists but it, it, it's possible he doesn't so <laughs> what do you call it uh he's like well you know he goes well i'm gonna introduce you to him i'm gonna take you upstairs i'll escort you up there later and blah 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 so I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. Because everything, something always happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the day goes by and uh, they're doing my thing. It's getting a little late and I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to bounce out of here. So I collect my stuff and uh, I walk around because my buddy Guy, who's also on Grindhouse, he's the old bass player from um, uh, Ludacris. If you like Metallica, maybe you remember Ludacris yeah, and yeah. Uh, what do you call it? And uh, Scatterbrain. So he was in both yeah. those bands. And uh, so Guy was around the corner doing his thing and he also owns All Music Inc. So he had his stuff up in there. And so I was going to say goodbye to him. And, and uh, all of a sudden you see this freaking big old Dallas, like, like this, looking for me. He, he sees me, he goes, you, I go, whoa, what did I do? <laughs> so I was like, whoa, brother, I don't want to have to get, get going in here. We, you know, we, we're going to come to blows though, joking around. And he's like, I told you to stay there. I told you I was bringing you upstairs. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, I said, I was going to bring you up to meet Tommy. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. He's like, no, we're going now. Put your stuff, you know, somewhere and let's go. So um, what do you call it? So I wound up, I said to Guy, I go, so I say, hey, you want to go up and meet Tommy? He's like, sure, why not? So, yeah, why the hell not? So, he, he, so we went with Dallas. So Dallas and a bunch of other security guards escorted us through the entire casino. And we get to the door. So we're in front of the door, of Tommy's door. And uh, Dallas knocks and and uh, somebody opens up a little bit like this. And uh, it's it's the agent. And he sees it's Dallas. He's like, oh, yeah, come in, come in, come in. So Dallas goes in, closes the door behind him. So we're, we're, here's the door. Here's, here's Guy and I. And then here's a line with, like, uh, a ton, like, a couple security guards and then a ton of fans just waiting to see and catch a glimpse of him. So they're all, <laughs> like, you know, like, you know, wondering what the hell we're doing there until somebody realized who I was. And then they started asking me for stuff. We're out there for about half hour, okay, about a half hour. I said to Guy, I'm like, we're bouncing. There's no way I'm waiting for this any longer. I said, I, I'm sure it's not going to happen anyway. And he's like, all right, whatever you want to do. So then guy, then uh, door opens up. We waited another 10 minutes. Uh, the door opens up as we're about to leave. Swear to God, we were literally about to walk away. Dallas is like, all right, guys, come in. So like, okay, maybe this is happening. So we walked inside. And here we are. Now there's this, it's a regular room. So uh, we wound up meeting a couple of people in his entourage. But Tommy is in like the other room. It's like a, a thing. So I knew he was there. I was like, this is not really happening. I was like, this is not <laughs> happening. You know, because again, this is this this guy was responsible for, you know, me, you know, wanting to become, you know, a famous drummer. I wanted a drum and, you know, that he he's the one who gave me all the um he's the one that made me want to do like crazy things with the sticks and crazy things while while playing live. He was the guy. So um so guy went in first guy went in first um you know to meet him because i was just like 
I had to get myself composed. I'm like, I'm not nervous. I just wanted to say something that was going to be effed up to kind of mess with them a little bit because that's just the way I am. So what do you call it? So guy went in and then I pulled the thing open. So it was like a sliding door or whatever the hell I remember. And I walked in, I was like, you. And I was like the biggest brimstone wrestler voice and then with my freaking big rings and doing that, <laughs> you. It's like, every time I'm supposed to blah, blah, blah. And I went in, I was like, you never show up. And I'm glad that we're finally meeting now. And he's like, oh, bro, I thought you were going to kill me. It's like, I'm like, nah. So what do you call it? I told him, I said, look, I just wanted to thank you for everything. Same thing I did with Brett. Uh, because if it weren't for you, I wouldn't have made it to where I made it in music to then go into wrestling and so forth. And the positive is he heard, he heard about me. He knew who I was and that was even better. And that made me happy. And uh, what do you call it? Although we're not friends, you know what I mean? Uh, I could say we're an acquaintance and um, we call it, we got to meet finally. And, and that was a great thing to meet one of my heroes from my youth. You know what I mean? And, yeah, yeah. and say the guy, he was a great freaking guy. Sweet, sweet as, sweet as hell. Um, but, but yeah, so not mentors, but guys I looked up to. Um, and that was, that's my Tommy story. Is um, it bad that whenever I hear Tommy Lee, all I can think of is the, uh, celebrity death match back in the oh. day, <laughs> pretty much <laughs> and he, yeah. the way he killed the guy was basically skull fucking him. <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is. Did you know they were supposed to come back with celebrity, uh, death match? Well, yeah, like, I think I saw a season recently. of it and it wasn't that good. Yeah. Because they, oh, they toned it down. Like, uh, dude, it was yeah. so offensive back in the day, and it was great, but they can't Yeah, do that, that was now. why it was great. Exactly. That's why it was great. Literally, yeah. Tommy Lee skull fucks a dude from across the ring. <laughs> like, <laughs> you can't do that nowadays. Truth. But, uh, yeah, it is what it is. What a nice dude, though, man. What a nice dude. So that was one of my, one of my, um, my uh, happy accomplishments, you know. Finally, finally meeting my unicorn. You know what I mean? Um, what do you call it? It was, it was a cool one. Just simply because it was such a hassle. And I don't chase anybody. Like, I don't go waiting on autograph lines. I'm, I, that's my peer. You know what I mean? Like, I, that's not my thing. You know, if we meet and things happen or if, if somebody sets it up, great. Um, I'm not going out of my way for it. You know, so like, <laughs> for me, it was just like, wow, that's, this is really cool. I'm glad this finally happened. And, and like I said, I was ready to leave. I wasn't going to stay. It was going <laughs> to, I was ready to go. I called my wife. I'm like, I'm like, babe, guess what? She's like, what? I'm like, I'm supposedly going to meet Tommy right now. She starts laughing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cause You're it's a joke for, for like 10 years, you know? Uh, so it was, she was like, yeah, okay. I'm like, no, seriously, Dallas, you know, I'm like, you know, remember Dallas, the security guy? Oh yeah. That big dude is like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, he's, he's supposedly bringing us up there right now. He goes, she's like, she's like, tell me how that all works out. So when I told her it finally happened, she was thrilled for me. She was like, that was, that's great because we've been talking about it for so long, you know. Um, that's 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 that. Hope that wasn't too boring of a story for you. <laughs> no, no, it was good, man. So uh, I actually, this is the first time you mentioned your wife. Has she been pretty supportive of? Uh, I'll call it your adventures. Yeah, yeah, my wife is great. I've been with her just about twenty years. Yeah, um, what do you call it? And uh, you know, I have, I, I was, I, so my previous wife, um, I was not with her for as long, obviously. Uh, but you know, my my first two children, uh, my my son Dylan and my daughter Samantha, they're you know products of that marriage. But but they're both. I had custody of both of them. They both lived with myself and my wife, and my yeah. wife was pretty much mom. Um, mm -hmm. You know, even though the other one was kind of still involved. Um, Danielle was mom, um, but my wife, everybody, 
And if you follow me, you know that I, I'm married. You know that Danielle's my wife. You know I'm not interested in anything else. You know what I mean? You know that my kids are, are there and I love my family. I'm a family guy. And uh, she's been very, very supportive. You know, is she happy all the time? You know, if I'm taking pictures and the girls are like hanging on me and, you know, no. But, you know, she understands that that's, you know, that's it's part of the part, part of the game. It's, yeah. it's a difficult being, uh, a, uh, being a spouse yeah. of someone who's in the entertainment gig. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, but she also knows that I'm loyal and I'm not going to cheat on her. You know what I'm saying? Like, there are a lot of people that, you know, they go out and I'm not going to name names, but plenty of people that I know that are, they're like, okay, love you, babe. And then they go out and they're, you know, tossing around mm -hmm. with other people. Um, not me. That's not my thing. That's not my style. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, the opportunities arise quite often, but you, you know, especially now, like, you know, years ago, you know, um, before my my you know my current wife you know things happened and things people were around and you know i was a different person then uh but you know especially now even if i wanted to which i have no desire to but even if i wanted to there's so many cameras and so many people throwing out accusations all the time mm -hmm. it's like it even if you wanted to do something you're stupid if you do it because you're going to get caught. Yeah, why would you <laughs> like, want the headache? <laughs> I don't want, you know, like I'm happy. I'm, you know, I'm blessed. I've got a great wife, um, beautiful wife, beautiful kids. And, um, you know, and again, she is very supportive. Is she happy with me being gone when I'm gone and touring and so forth? No. Is she happy that my schedule's crazy? No. Is she happy that I, you know, I, I run all these different businesses? You know, no, you know, she'd rather me work a nine to five, you know, but at the end of the day, she knows that's not me and she supports that um but she also is is queen of the calendar so thankfully you know with with her she keeps my schedule pretty much intact between her and my assistant my assistant now throughout covid has not been here so it's pretty much been myself and my wife doing it so oh, it's been, she's the organizer very helpful yeah very helpful because it's it's a lot when you look at a schedule you, you, <laughs> a normal person's schedule is not so bad my schedule is like <laughs> you know it's like it's like you know a Tchaikovsky piece you know what I mean like, yep. oh, Jerry <laughs> learned this out the hard way yeah, uh, yeah. But scheduling before you know before the podcast before doing voiceover stuff it was easy because I just went to work yeah. uh, and it was an interesting transition because you know I wasn't good at it that's the bottom line oh I was God. terrible he was awful <laughs> I was you like, get used to it it's like jerry you get used to it put a fucking calendar on your phone and i'm gonna send you all the links man that was That's revolutionary what... for me was, andy andy set it up so it automatically goes to my calendar when he sets up stuff and i'm like oh my god this I is amazing my mind that he didn't know of this it, it, it's on your phone it's google is right there you know like it's on your phone or do you have an iphone i guess google might not be on your iphone no, no, I, I have an iphone but it I works the same way google same so so <laughs> So Greer from from GHR, um, he's he's you know um, he's starting to do a lot more you know external interviews and he's doing things and he's got his hands in some other cookie jars and you know following the lead as is Kim you know um, and now Tom and Kim are dating after so many years now the two of them got together so now I now I'm now I'm outnumbered but uh, but no <laughs> but Greer it was the funniest thing because we keep telling him like you know he goes oh crap I, you know oh I almost forgot this or I almost oh I almost forgot that it's like use your goddamn calendar and write it in and then you'll always know what you have to do and when and he's like point taken good point some people just don't think of it though man they don't think to go to that yeah. he's it's finally just... doing it yeah yeah it so, so jerry too thankfully yeah yeah i'm, it, I'm right it, there with him i, I, I mean the same same him. transition 
Yes, he did. <laughs> it it hurt, but it was worth it. Yeah, it, but you know what? It will it will save your ass, and it will it will give you a um, what do you call it? A peace of mind knowing yeah, that oh, you're absolutely. not going to forget something that was important. Because the more you do, and the further you get in the industry, and the the more people you're you're dealing with, you don't want to screw up and not call somebody when you were supposed to call them. Uh, cause that might be a gig that might be, yeah. A job, yeah God knows what that'll turn into a sponsorship. That might be something who knows. Yeah. You know yeah. Second mean? chances are not common in entertainment. No, 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 no. Nope. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a, a very, very interesting world. I gotta tell you, but, um, yeah, we all live in it. <laughs> so, uh, oh, go, go ahead, Jerry. Chris, Chris, go ahead. You got it. You no, got no, a question. Good. Go ahead. No, no, you. no. Come on. I want to know what you wanted to say. Uh, I was going to ask him where he was going from here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. We'll get into my topic after that. That's a totally different question. That's what I'm, I'm saying. I'm going Go your... into the green room to get some Jägermeister. And then I'm <laughs> going to be ready for my next interview that comes after this. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, you know, in terms of, in terms of, uh, I'm assuming in terms of, of career. Of life and career, um, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, Grindhouse is on a great path. Um, we're doing a lot with that. We're doing some things that we're branching off with, with I can't, I can't talk about now. Um, I'm doing something. I have a project going on with my son and a couple of um, friends and, uh, you know, for a, a big streaming network. So we will we will be getting to that eventually that we could talk about. But um, we will be filming soon. Damn and non-disclosure agreements. Yeah. <laughs> once I'm outside of NDA, I can talk. Uh, there's another another uh, cartoon that I'm supposed to be doing and voicing for one of the big networks. I can't tell you which one and, and what the project is, but that's another one. Um, and I've got I've got some other really cool things going on. And um, yeah, you know, look, some things, you know, you, you expect them to happen. and They don't. And some things you don't expect to happen. And they, they do. So uh, COVID kind of screwed things up a little bit. I had two two big things going to, uh, you know, a network at one uh, three things going to a network at one time. Now there are only two for that. And now this new streaming one that I was just mentioning. So, yeah, I think COVID uh, threw a wrench in the works for everyone. <laughs> I hope that makes sense. Uh, and then next week I'm heading back out to Pennsylvania and I'm bringing back uh, with my buddies over at, at Torchbearer Sauces. We're bringing back a couple of my older sauces and seasonings, and I believe we're creating another new one. Uh, so I'm going to be spending two days there to, to do all that. So that's going to be a lot of fun too. How hot are the, are your, uh, your sauces? I like hot. How hot, how hot do you go? <laughs> I mean, I don't want to die. <laughs> <laughs> Six and a half million on the Scoville scale. Jesus, that's fucking hot, man. <laughs> it's hot. It's hot. Yeah. Um, but we do everything with flavor. Everything I have is is flavorful. Um, you know, it's it's I don't do it, I don't do hot for the sake of doing hot. Um, but I I do I, I like a little bit of a kick um and then getting all the flavors. So if you have a tolerance with the hot, hot ones, you'll 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 get the flavor and then you're gonna get the kick. Um, what do you call it? if you have no tolerance, you're gonna die. Uh, but <laughs> That's what that's what's that's what my hot hot ones. My other ones are. But I mean, like if you got no tolerance, food. why are you looking at hot sauce in the first place, right? Right. <laughs> but I do have stuff that's not hot sauce or or not super hot sauce. Like I have a sweet chili hot sauce, which is not a hot hot sauce. It is very mild and it's delicious and it's it's people. It's one of the favorites. People absolutely adore it. So um, it's been out for a while because I was switching co-packers. Um, so now, what do you call it? He's going to be doing. They're going to be doing them over there, and we're just going to get everything right. So do you just, you sell those like from your website or are they in stock somewhere? Cause I would um, love to try them. Those are going to, well, so right now, like I said, I'm transitioning everything over to torchbearer sauces. So normally I would have them on my site, 
Um, but now you're going to be getting them like right now. The only one available is the torch stone tie. And that okay. one is available at uh, torchbearersauces.com. So if you go there and uh, you can order it there, you can, you know, you can go to my website and go to, to, you know, and find the little area on torch stone tie there with all the, there's a bunch of different reviews and so forth and video reviews. So you can get an idea of the sauce itself. Um, and then if you're interested, there's a link there to go to their website to get it. Um, and, and shortly we're going to have, I believe it's either, I think we can do the flavor behavior and or grindhouse uh, seasoning um, as well as the dust from hell. And I'm going to be re-putting out the um, um, sweet heat treat, which is a sweet chili hot sauce, which is unbelievable. So. Well, I'll be going to get some myself. I, I, I'm a sauce guy. Actually, I think Grizz, we're both sauce guys, right? He's like, ah! Define no, I mean, I, I like, listen, my, my view on life is the same thing with food, right? You got to try it. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if you like it. You got to try it, right? Right. So if I'm con- I, whether, even though I know, I used to hate heat. Ab- hated it. Wouldn't touch it. Now, it's a lot of what I do. Right. So I'll always try something new. My wife won't touch a lot of stuff now. So the the what do you call it the uh, torch stone tie is it's got a really delicious flavor and then you get in the burn afterwards so as long as you have a little bit of tolerance or you eat it with like something like on rice or something that's going to dull down the heat you'll be all right it's not going to kill you but it's hot it is hot my necroside is six and a half million on the Scoville scale torch stone is not see I, don't, I i know there's there's a following when it comes to hot sauces i know there are people who like heads. chili heads are amazing they're all worried about the scovilles i don't look at a fucking scoville unit when i look at a hot sauce i just go oh that sounds good i'll try it which is probably really dangerous <laughs> yeah that's how you get into trouble that's that's how you end up trying to drink a gallon of milk i mean i've done carolina reapers and stuff i've never eaten one like fresh that would probably be bad <laughs> No, I, I draw the line at the the dangerous peppers. I won't even try them. I've seen people eat them, and I'm like, no? yeah, no, no, I'm not doing it. <laughs> you, like you haven't done it in a sauce or nothing? No, 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 I'm not talking about the sauce. I mean like the actual pepper. Oh, you're talking fresh. Yeah, so I won't do it. So Carolina Reaper, Carolina Reaper and Pepper X are the two hottest peppers in the world, right? And they're they're both done by Ed, Puck, uh, Ed Puckerbutt Curry. And, and um, what do you call it? Ed has been, he's held the, the Guinness World Record on, on this for quite some time. And, uh, and he's always consistently building and making new, uh, you know, new peppers and so forth. So before Pepper X was out, um, what do you call it? I, uh, I remember I was doing, I was hosting for um, uh, a couple of things for one of the, uh, I think it was Zest Fest or one of these things. And so Bumble and I were there signing, we're doing our sauces and stuff. And then uh, Maxim Magazine was there doing a story on, um, on Ed and, his, and, and Hot Peppers. So I think it was called Eat Hot Death. And um, what do you call it uh, was the article. So um, they were doing with, with, Ed's, um, with Ed's peppers, uh, they were doing a whole deal on, um, you know, like between him and some, this other dude, which is the hottest peppers. And, you know, because right at that point, I think they were waiting on the Guinness World Record on who's was going to win. And um, Ed wound up winning, you know, uh, spoiler alert. But... Um, what do you call it? But I wound up hosting for Maxim. I did for Maxim magazine. I hosted the hot pepper eating contest. But before we did that, like the night before, um, you know, Ed, Ed is a friend of mine and, and what do you call him? Ron Bumble and I uh, were invited to go up to his room. So I told, I said to my wife, I was like, do you want to come? And, you know, you come with the kids. She's like, no, no, no. I don't, I, I don't want to go anywhere near those things. I was like, she, she, you guys, you do your <laughs> I don't want to be so, in the same uh, room. <laughs> so, so Bumble and I went up to the room 
And uh, Ed's like all secretive. He's like, okay, guys, it's you guys. And it's the three of us and the, and the reporter. Like, I'm going to show you guys something that nobody else has seen before. And, and nobody else has had the opportunity to, 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 you know, to taste or be a part of. So we're like, okay. So he has a freaking briefcase with the locks on it. That's like, like I'm sitting here going, oh <laughs> like my a nuclear Lord, bomb. All right, what's coming next? And he's, and it's like, like sifting through and he opens it up and then there's like the little, little baggies. I'm like, what is it? Is this like a drug deal going down? Like what's happening? You know? And uh, you know, he takes out these things, these little, these little peppers. Okay. And it was pepper X. So it was the pepper X it was the one it hadn't even hit. So even if, even if the Carolina Reaper wasn't hot enough, pepper X was Scoville's above the Carolina Reaper. So he was beating this other guy's ass with Carolina Reaper, but he already had something ready to go. So we were the first three people to, to, to have the opportunity to try the pepper X in this room that night. I politely declined. <laughs> Cause I'm like, there's no way I'm doing it. And then Ron Bumble takes like, like this, like this tiniest little bite and he takes a little bite off and he is like, Whoa, you know, like smoke coming out of his ears. And he loves, he's a much bigger heat head than I am. He is, he's a big Scoville head, you know? And um, so what do you call it? So, and I'm like, yeah, after that, I am certainly not going to do it. You know, I can take it, but I didn't want to, <laughs> no. you know, like, so yeah. So that's a, that's a funny little story about the, the Carolina Reapers. So yeah, I'm I'm kind of tied to the Carolina Reaper and the, the guy who produced them. I haven't heard of the Pepper X yet. That the, the X are people using it? Yeah, Pepper X. Pepper X is out there, and if it's not, you know, well, now you know. Yeah, <laughs> too late. <laughs> Secrets out now. But I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure if you look it up, you can see it's it's uh, Ed Curry Pucker Butt Pucker Butt uh, Pepper Company. So now you said you uh, you go to like the cons, right? Yep. So. Uh, you do you go as uh, well? You do so many things. How how do you go? Are you brimstone wrestler, or you do with your comic book shop uh, at the the cons, or what? No, I I'm signing in the celebrity area. I'm, I'm in okay. the celebrity row. I'm in under brimstone, um, and you know most of the time, the the thing with me is that sometimes promoters get a little confused because they're not exactly sure how to bill me. Um, you know because I have fans in different genres. In different areas um so they'll they'll always you know i'm always i'm doing celebrity row and and uh you know they'll put me as brimstone you know entertainer you know what i mean or um more recent years they've been doing you know the grindhouse radio and mm -hmm. uh, you know or or other couple of things that i you know that i do so you know and other people just do you know brimstone former pro wrestler you know it, it depends it really yeah. depends on the con um but you know it's it's just it's it's a beautiful thing man because you get to meet people that in a million years, you know, they never thought they were going to have the opportunity to meet you, you know, and, and they're just so sweet, so amazing. And, you know, I have these conversations with, um, with my buddy Charles all the time. Um, I mentioned you guys prior to, to, to talking, you know, Charles Martinez, um, uh, Mario and Luigi from, from uh, Nintendo. And, um, you know, we talk about it all the time. It's just like, you know, it's such a blessing to have the opportunity to meet these people and, uh, you know, make them happy, just making their day, you know, they're yeah. smiling and they're just so thrilled to, to meet somebody that is either their hero. And then I'm thinking about, it, I'm like, you know what? I was thrilled when I got to meet Tommy and I was thrilled when I got to meet, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, a couple different people here and there, you know, like I wasn't fanboying cause that's not my thing, but I was like, wow, this is really, 
this is a, an honor and a privilege to, to sit and meet you and, and do something. So, you know, like the way I feel, I'm thinking, well, if you're a fanboy, you're a fangirl, this, this is a huge situation. This is a huge thing for you. Yeah. Um, and, and I respect that. And, and, um, you know, I'm, I, we we're also talking about how we're going to handle cons moving forward because we're, you know, we're the guys that are like, okay, you know, we, well, we're happy to give you a hug, you know what I mean? Or, or mm, shake your hand yeah. or, you know, you take fun selfies. Like, so, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll navigate that as it comes, but uh, I hope I answered. Yeah. Clear. Yeah. I'm curious to how the you world's, did. uh, how the world's going to be a changing in the next year or so. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm concerned right. about it. Cause I go to the cons. I go to New York Comic Con every year. Uh, uh -huh. Not this year because now the rules are weird as hell. I gotta, I gotta I have to pay ahead of time to be able to pay to go. It's, it's weird. Um, but you know, I, I love going to the cons. I'm not really a fanboy, but I like, I like meeting the people who, you know, they're from my childhood. Like I met Lou Ferrigno, Jeff Lou. Goldblum. <laughs> Lou Ferrigno is. First of all, he's not as big as I thought he was after seeing him on TV, but he has the most gentle, soft handshake. It's yeah. amazing. <laughs> Lou, is, Lou is a good guy. I've known Lou for many years. Uh, yeah, he's, he's a good dude from, you know, from when I met him. He's just way more gentle of a person than I ever expected. Yeah, yeah. Very, very kind, you know. Very kind. <laughs> yeah. Oh, how are you today? You know, but very guy. A lovely guy. Um, I, I, I haven't seen him in a minute simply because the world shut down but um yeah mm -hmm. usually i mean we we be touring around the world together we we're on the wizard world trail together for a while um we spent a lot of time uh you know doing wizard worlds together and um i New actually have never heard of this one what is a wizard world wizard world conventions really yeah wizard not. world was yeah wizard world is a huge convention um they they do them all over the country so where new york comic-con and san diego or new york and san diego wizard yeah. kind of tours around they're one of the big ones that tours around um i don't know how old you are but do you remember wizard magazine uh i do not but i'm i'm 33 this year so okay so well, wizard wizard magazine was a um a magazine that was like all you know comic book and geekdom and and so mm -hmm. forth years ago and um it was it was very very popular and uh the the guys that owned it were the Seamus brothers and they wound up taking it and flipping it into the conventions and they're the ones that started doing these conventions, Wizard World Cons. And now mm -hmm. Wizard World, I mean, you know, it grew tremendously. And that's where, you know, a lot of people, you know, were, were out signing um, and, and on tour signing. So it was like guys like, you know, like, um, you know, from all walks of, of uh, entertainment. Um, yeah, man. I mean, look, Wizard World, if, it, if I didn't sign at Wizard World, I wouldn't have be, become friendly with, with, with Norman Reedus, Michael Rooker. Um, mm -hmm. you know, Stan Lee, for God's sakes. I mean, you know, it, it opened up a lot of doors. So, you know, uh, signing in some of these places, you know, gave me the opportunity to kind of meet people that, that I would have maybe never have met because those were the, the higher profile, um, you know, events. And then obviously then I started doing bigger ones from there and, and other big yeah. ones and, you know, Kamikaze, which was Stan's event every year. Stan would ask me to come. Um, you, know, you know, Brimstone, I need you to do me a favor. You know, can you come down? I need you to sign for me at Kamikaze. You come down and we'll have a good time. Excelsior. You know, but, you know, we, we uh, you know, go down there and, um, you know, be hanging out with, with, uh, with a whole bunch of people down there. And um, it really, that really exposed me a lot to more of LA and more friends, you know what I mean? And, and more acquaintances and, you know, it's it's a really it's a the con world is is fantastic for many reasons, and um, you know it's it's uh, it is what it is. You know, um, 
I, I wish I could tell you more. Like, you know, yeah. So, so it's a cool thing. Yeah, it's a hard but, beast. But Wizard World is Wizard World is is a very big player or was for a very long time. Um, and then uh, what do you call? They've had some issues over the years. Um, New York Comic Con, I did every single year for many years, and then I, I, I had to take a break. My wife was mad at me because that's the one con she likes to go to. And since I'm always a guest, she always gets to walk around and do whatever else she damn well pleases. So she's excited about that. And, you know, so she goes around and, ah, you know, but she usually takes my, my little one and, and, you know, she, they walk around and have a good time or they go up and they hang out with the, you know, all my, my other celebrity friends that I'm not getting to see because I'm stuck signing, but she's out there and seeing everybody. <laughs> oh, hey, how you been? What's going on? And, you know, so she's, but me in New York, I can't walk five, 10 steps without getting stopped, you know, because not because I'm such a big, I'm not an A-lister. I know that I know where I am in a totem pole, you know what I mean? But I, that's my hometown, you know? So I know people just from being there, you know, like, so yeah, a lot of the yeah, press, yeah. a lot of the people, a lot of the businesses, I'm in a bunch, of, I'm always getting stopped. So I can't, if I'm not a guest, I won't go, you know, I'm not gonna, there's, I can't do it. So, um, what do you call it? But the last couple of years, I steered clear of New York. But in a turn, I was doing San Diego. So I was yeah. signing in San Diego, obviously, up until they shut everything down. And um, San Diego is like a completely different animal altogether. Like that's that's a you want a wild show. San Diego is a wild freaking show. And they don't give a damn about anybody. <laughs> what do you call it? Uh, they don't care. You know, like the, the you know, the the mo the best treatment I get is the fact that you know, I'm, I'm coming in from, from, uh, you know, the back, the back area, what do you call it? And they're bringing me through the, you know, the, the, you know, the, uh, the tombs to get up to wherever we're signing, but, um, you know, and, and cause I'm not, no way you can walk through the regular crowd. Um, but yeah, th that, that place is just, they're doing their thing and they're just doing it big man. And, and San Diego is huge. If you've never done San Diego, the whole freaking city shuts down. It's all fucking. Oh, sorry. All. Oh, you're Comic good. All you're good. freaking Comic Con all the time. Um, sorry, yeah, I, I, I plan. I, I don't cuss on on air. I'm sorry. So I I actually oh, plan to I plan to go to San Diego. I have not been yet because, like I yeah. said, I go to New York every year. But yeah, yeah. it's weird because I know so many people have never been to any kind of con. But there's such they're they're a special thing. I don't know about what it's like from your side of the booth, but from a spectator perspective, which is my experience it's hard to really explain to somebody like, why should, why should I go? A lot of people are like, what, why would I want to go there? What's there? And I'm, it's just, everything is there. It's, it's yeah. hard to put your finger on it. You just got to go. Everybody, well, everybody should experience a beast. at least once in their, in their life. Just once. You don't yeah. need it more than once, but you should go at least once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some people wouldn't do well, you know, it's pretty packed, but yeah. I, I, I love going to them. I go, I, I'm going to start going to some of the mini cons that we have around here now. Uh, yeah. There, you know, it's you? starting to become. Uh, I'm in Connecticut. Grizz is in Rhode Island. Okay. Oh, so you're not. Well, Rhode Island Comic Con's huge. Yeah. Rhode Island Comic Con's yeah. huge. And and yeah. every year I'm, every year I'm supposed to do it, and um and something always happens or something comes up. So what do you call? It? But I know the promoter over there. He also did the one in Connecticut, um for for many years. He or he bought the one that was in Connecticut that I did for many years. So mm -hmm. he keeps he keeps saying that he wants to bring me in and then so it's whether it's his side or my side something always happens uh, but Rhode Island is is tremendous tremendous um, I don't know I, I heard everybody does well there I can't I couldn't tell you because I haven't been there I know people that have been I to been it. there myself but it's always huge. yeah I, I went to the one in Boston recently which was a good one uh, you know of course not a lot compares to New York but I actually I'm gonna be going to Rhode Island I think it's coming up. 
Uh, yeah, but if I don't go to this one, I'm going to the next one. As uh, yeah. I've been missing it every year. I have a funny, I have a funny Comic Con story from from Boston, an interesting one. What do you call it? Um, it was a Wizard World. Uh, I don't know how much time we have left. I'm just, you know, it's, it's endless as much as you want to go. Okay. Um, so we, so I went to do. I was going to do Wizard World in Boston, and um, you know, it was their first time that they were doing uh, the event in the area. Um, and we were at the convention center and, um, you know, when we went in, like there were, there were like people giving everybody a hard time. Uh, they were all in suits and we weren't thinking about it. We were like, what the hell is going on? They're all black suits. Turns out that it was the secret service because Obama was there giving hmm. a, a, a talk, um, in the, in the building at the same time. So we were like, Oh, that sounds like an awful timing, awful timing, <laughs> awful timing. So we, I went upstairs, um, they, they got me in and, you know, cause they, they had to find out the credentials and they brought us in through the back and, um, what do you call it? Uh, I forgot who the hell I was with, but we went up and, um, maybe it was with, with Nikki, with Nick Brendan from uh, Buffy. But I, 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 all I know is I remember us kind of having a hard time getting in. We finally got in, we went upstairs. Um, and when I tell you like the doors opened and usually at a con, you've been there and been to a con jerry you could you could you know attest that it's like yeah. fills like this it's quick instant real quick fills yeah and um so we, we i'm like where is everybody there's nobody here i think i was sitting next to brendan uh brandon brendan yeah brandon from uh from jackass and um you know what do you call it we were just like there's nobody here like what's going on then you saw over by the um uh, there was like a weapons booth and mm -hmm. they, they were making the weapons booth pack up and leave and leave because they couldn't have weapons in there. And again, it was, we weren't told that it was the president while we were, while we were downstairs. We, we found it out later on. They were just, we thought it was the security giving us a hard time. So I was like, I need to find out what the hell's going on. And uh, so I, I walk out of the hallway and I go to the hallway empty and right across the hall, I heard like something going on out there, like somebody was talking. So I went and I opened up the door. I, I kid you not. I opened up the door and I stepped inside and I'm like, oh, my Lord, it's the president of the United States on the stage. And like every like, I guess all the people that were listening to his conference or whatever it was were in the room. And I'm like. Uh, I'm not supposed to be here right now. <laughs> I tipped the hell out. How did I, I get through here? Toed back out the door, shut the door. I thought I was gonna get like jumped, and I was like, it all makes sense now with the you know the the up security and whatever. I'm like, now I get it. I thought I was gonna get jumped by an FBI guy or Secret Service or whatever the hell it was. Thank God I didn't. Um, that would kick their ass. But that's besides the point. Um, shot me <laughs> or something. But what do you call it? Then I so I went back across the the hall and I'm like. Okay, so the president of the United States is across the hall right now, just so you know. Um, so it was it was a really interesting uh, situation. Um, I, I I I sometimes find myself in like the weirdest situations, but that was uh, that was was one of them, and uh, that was my experience in Boston. One one of the worst con weekends, simply because <laughs> nobody could get in, and so we only had the one day. It was instead of Saturday, it was Sunday. So what do you call it? So we were there, you know, for, we stayed for the whole day for the few people that did get in, but it was like lockdown. It was crazy. Now, Saturday, Saturday is usually the big day. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Saturday was the day they were there. So Sunday was the only day that we had left and uh, we made the best of it. And it was fun, but um, it was, it was crazy.
Uh, but that was, that's what, happened. that's what happened. Bullshit. But I mean, look, they see each their own. And, uh, you know, in terms of presidents, I liked Obama. I don't care if you liked him or hated him, whatever. It's your own choice. I liked him. So I was like, all right, cool. No problem. <laughs> He's across the hall. Cool. You know, as long as I don't get shot, I'm all right. I'm good. I'm good. So, uh, but anyway, and I, and to this day, I was like, I was like, I should have stayed in to see what would have happened. Maybe I would have gotten to meet the president at that point. Yeah, that could have made it really interesting, that would man. Have made it, I could, my, my wife would have laughed her ass off if I sent her a picture of of, uh, of him. <laughs> so, like, By the way, you know, this just happened kind of a thing. And, you know, I, I, I like to send her some stuff here and there. Like, she, she likes pop culture. She's a fan of it. And, um, like, um, so San Diego, um, what do you call it? The the Not this past year, obviously, the year, the last year that, they had it. Um, what do you call mm. it? I was there um, for, for the sign in San Diego. And then, you know, after hours, I was doing um, uh, influencer and, and appearances over at um, the IMDb boat. So if you guys are familiar with IMDb, uh, yeah. Internet Movie Database, and I was doing influencer stuff there for Wendy's, um, as well as, you know, for other people. And, and uh, so I was I was kind of like co-hosting some of the stuff in there that was going on. And, um, you know, it turns out because IMDb was in bed with, with Kevin Smith. And now Kevin and I had never met um, in person. We knew each other. Well, we, he knew of me. Of course, you know who Kevin Smith is. Um, but I know everybody that I know his whole crew. You got to understand, like, I'm friendly with everybody, in, you know, in, in um, you know, the view askew world. These are guys. It's like yeah, my yeah. family. So what do you call it? So, you know, my name's been passed around before. And um, what do you call it? So I'm on I'm on the boat and. Uh, Kevin walks in and, you know, so we had already done the red carpet, but Kevin's on the red carpet and, um, what do you call it? It was the, the funniest thing. So, um, are you guys, do you guys know clerks or, or Oh not? yeah. Yeah. I love clerks. Who the hell doesn't know clerks are amazing. <laughs> so Mar um, Marilyn Gigliotti, uh, Mar says to me, she looks, she goes, she goes, you still haven't met Kevin yet. Have you? I'm like, I'm like, no. I said, every time I'm we're, same kind of thing as Tommy. You know, like every time we're supposed to meet, like we've been, we've literally at least been like five feet away from each other. It's just that we weren't formally introduced. We've been around each other. We just, we were never introduced. And, um, you know, he's always being spoken to and then brought wherever. And, you know, I'm a lot lower on the totem pole. So, you know, I'm not going to be able to go and follow and nor would I, that's not my thing. So unless I'm going to be introduced, I'm not going to be, you know, whatever it is, what it is. So, so she's like, okay, I'm meeting, I'm introducing you right now. I'm like, well, he's on the carpet. She grabs my wrist and pulls me. So uh, Marilyn is, is one of my very dear friends. Um, so she she pulls me over and, um, you know, she kind of, she's with me on the outside where, you know, the photogs are. And she's like, like this to Kevin. Kevin sees her and goes, oh, come in, come in. So she gets in there. Now they're taking pictures on the carpet. And then she says to him, she goes, that's Brim. That's Brimstone right there, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, oh. And he's like, bring them on, bring them on. So then I get up. So we're sitting and talking, we're having a conversation while we're taking all the pictures. You want to see the pictures there on IMDb. You can, you can catch them there, but um, what do you call it? So we're sitting having the conversation. And um, I said to him, I go, listen, you got to do me a favor. He goes, I'm in. What, what, what do we got to do? I go, all right, listen. So my wife is, is way too big of a Kevin Smith fan. I said, I, I, I said, so you got to do me a favor. I need you to send a, a video message to her. He's like, sure, let's do it now. I was like, okay, yeah. let's do it now. Um, so <laughs> I would he call it. So I pulled out my phone and I pop it on. No, we're doing this in front of like all of the, like the press. 
So what do you call it? So we're here and we're doing the whole thing. And he's like, oh, I was talking to Danielle and blah, blah, blah. And, and this whole nine yards, Maryland's in it. I'm in it. Then at that point, I don't know how big of a wrestling fan you are or, or, you know, I, I know you don't know voiceover, but I don't know how far in you are. Um, but what do you call it? From behind, I hear another voice. Um, Brimstone. It's my buddy, Shad Gaspard. He, he passed away. Um, He's the 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 guy who who passed away uh, in California, uh, saving his son um, about a year and a half ago. At this point, um, he was WWF uh, WWE superstar, mm-hmm. and um, what do you call? It? So Shad jumped on me and wrapped his big ass arms around me. I'm like, get the hell out of here! And then right next to him is my buddy Greg Sipes, uh, who's Beast Boy from uh, from um, uh, Teen Titans Go. So you know now all of us are in here. This is a cool ass video. We're having fun. And, uh, and I looked down at my phone and what do you call it? My phone didn't record it. So I only, oh, no. it, like, it <laughs> caught like, uh, you know, as Chad jumped on me and it was like, I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> so what do you call it? So they, you know, at that point, cause I, I turned to Chad and, and Greg and I had said goodbye to Kevin already. And I, when I realized that he was already going in another direction. So I was like, no, no, no. I never knew. I never do this, but I got to go talk to him again. I'm like freaking think I said, everybody, I'll be right back. <laughs> so then I went up to Kevin. I was like, now that we've met, you're going to kill me. And you're probably going to hate me after this. He's like, I couldn't. <laughs> it's, it's, <funny. laughs> it's just like, it was like out of a TV show. It's great. Uh, or a movie. He's, 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 he's such a great guy. And, you know, um, and again, I, I don't know him well. I, I wish, I wish I did. I think him and I would vibe real well. He seems like an awesome he says, dude. Yeah, he he does. Goes, it's like, what? You know, what, what, what do we need to do? I'm like, the video he was like, what 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 about it i'm like it didn't record what do you mean it didn't record it didn't record i said i don't know what happened he's like but you pressed the button i know i pressed the button it's like a laurel and hardy stick or something going <laughs> I was like, so we finally he's like well we need to do it again i was like if you don't mind that would be amazing he's like let's Dude. go outside so we went outside <laughs> made sure it, it went on and we did the video and and sent it to my wife made her made her her life she absolutely was super happy about it and um you know because you know she knows that even if she's a fan of something she's not allowed to fangirl because it's unprofessional <laughs> so <laughs> I, I won't let her but um what do you call it uh so with with kevin i was like all right you could fangirl a little bit whatever so he made an awesome video which uh is up on social so yeah, i'm sure you could find it somewhere but uh, i'm sure she cherishes yeah it, it was it, she she loved it and uh and i and i and i will say you know it was well well worth the wait meeting him uh, in, in terms of how long it had been, you know, since we hadn't been introduced. Uh, but, you know, very, very good guy. Um, and and I, I respect him a lot. And the fact that he took the time out was, was you want, because that's something that I would do. You know what I mean? I yeah. respect oh, that because yeah. I, I feel that everybody should get that time or whatever. And the fact that he took the time out and he's at a different level, I said, you know what? I, I, I respect the hell out of that. So um, kudos to Kevin Smith. Love the guy to death. Um, and that's, that's, that's my story there. Yeah. Obviously we, we don't know, obviously we don't know Kevin, but, uh, I love watching whatever he's on and he just seems like a genuine dude. You know what I mean? Like he, he loves his fans. He knows where he came from. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Really good dude. Really good dude. Um, and the whole crew, man, the whole crew is great. Like, you know, Brian O'Halloran, I, you know, I speak to him at least, you know, once every couple of weeks, once a month, you know, um, I, 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 I guessed it on, on his, um, uh, on his roast, the the O'Halloran roast, I, I roasted his ass. Um, what do you call it? Uh, 
the guys from comic book men, you know, my, my boys, you know, so like the, these people, Marilyn, like I said, um, you know, Ernie, you know, these, these are like, these are family to me. So, um, you know, I like to, I like to say that, you know, like we're, you know, it's extended family, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. So the fact that, you know, uh, Kevin was, was so awesome made sense, you know what I mean? Because everybody is down to earth, you know, Jay Muse, great guy, um, you know, like just everybody, just good people. So, and everybody's just so down to earth and cool. You know, it's like, that's why we all get along because I'm the same way. You know, I try to be, mm -hmm. I try to be real, you know, I'm authentic. I'm unapologetically authentic and unapologetically myself. And I, and I, and, and that's it, you know, like I, I, I enjoy, <laughs> I enjoy, you know, just kind of, you know, being real, man. Like I'm, I'm not going to BS. I'm not going to lie and, and downplay what I do and who I am simply to, to, you know, appease other people. And I'm also not going to make people feel bad about it. You know what I mean? About like yeah. um, not being at that, you know, doing what I do. And, and, and um, you know, like some people, um, you know, they don't understand. It's like, when I'm talking, it's not, I'm not trying to be like, oh, these are the people that I'm, this is what I know. These are my friends. I don't, I, <laughs> these are the people I'm with more often. So like, if you would say, you know, you know, you go, Hey, I'm with Jerry, you know what I mean? Uh, or, or I'm hanging yeah, out yeah. with Andy, you know, that's normal. Well, for me, it's like, well, I'm hanging out with this one. I'm hanging out with that one. That's normal yeah. for me. So when I'm having a conversation, it's not to sit and throw names out there. That's not, that's not my, you know what I mean? That's not what I'm yeah. trying to do. Yeah, yeah. It's just that, that that's real that's that's what's happening for me that's right? real life for you so you know, you know um, what's funny is uh you you had mentioned something that i've actually said before myself grizz i don't know if you've ever heard me say this but our buddy hunter listens to the show and i want to make sure that i point this out so that he hears it because <laughs> he rolls his eyes every time i say this and it was the same thing you just said where i tell him i'm unapologetically myself mm-hmm and I don't understand why people wouldn't be because everybody you know feels saying? the need to be um, to, to everybody feels the need to to um, live up to other people's expectations. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're much happier when you make your own expectations and live up to those. That's right. Absolutely. Hunter, you're wrong, Hunter. You're wrong. <laughs> so maybe come and slap the taste out of your mouth, Hunter. When Jerry says something, you better listen. That's all I got to say. Otherwise, next time I'm down in Connecticut, I'm going to have to come down there and I'm not going to do anything bad. I'm going to shake your hand and be like, hey, brother, how you doing? But I'm going to tell you, damn it, it is unapologetically <laughs> yourself. That is the only thing you should be. Um, you know, like I am I am me and that's that, you know, it's the only me I'm going to be. You know, that's it. So um, I'm glad that we have the same philosophy. <laughs> oh, Hunter's going to love it. Thank you so much for saying that to him. <laughs> no problem. He's going to be like, so, that guy. I'm going to block him on social media. All right, uh, Brimstone, I think that's a perfect place to wrap it up. Uh, all of us shitting on Hunter for not being apologetically himself. <laughs> Fuck you, Hunter. <laughs> be nice, so, man. Be nice. He does so not before we know go, what he does. No, he doesn't. <laughs> so before we go, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? Uh, in all of your aspects. I'm sure you've got multiple places where people can look you up. Yeah, man. You know, the, the one place that is kind of the hub of everything, if you want to go to my official website, uh, therealbrimstone.com. Again, that's therealbrimstone.com. Uh, you can pretty much find almost everything I do there. Um, if it's not there now, it will be there eventually. It's just uh, there's so much on there, and I personally do it myself to make sure that everything is always up to date. Um, I've, I've 
gotten sick and tired of trusting other people to get things done and, mm-hmm. and hiring people. So I just do it myself. Uh, you want it done right? What do you do, guys? You do it yep. yourself. Have um, Brimstone do another it. Another thing you're doing. <laughs> and, and certainly don't let Hunter do it. That would be bad. Um, oh, snap. <laughs> but what do you call it? So that, so you should have said the Hunter thing earlier. We would have been ragging on him the whole episode. Um, <laughs> what do you call it? But at the end of the day, uh, therealbrimstone.com. If you go to Instagram, I'm very heavy on Instagram, at therealbrimstone. That's verified. You'll know it's me. Um, you know, I again, I love to interact with people. So if you are, as long as you're being respectful and you're, you're you know, talking to me on, on posts, I will always respond. You're getting me. You're not getting somebody else. Um, what do you call it? And, and that's pretty much it, man. Uh, also check out the Grindhouse Radio. Uh, I do the Grindhouse Radio. It comes out brand new episodes, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. What do you call it? Uh, the new episodes come out. We have a special guest every week. We have a great lineup. You can just go to our site, go to the guest list, and you'll see, uh, you know, well over 300 different guests that we've had on from every area of entertainment. You can find something that you, you're interested in. Start from there or go with the newest episode. It's always a, always an awesome time. Um, the other thing is, uh, you know, I do a couple of other shows. I do Truly Inconsequential uh, on Wednesdays, 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, live. I do that with Tom Greer, uh, my partner in crime from Grindhouse Radio. Uh, we basically sit and, and go off on, uh, what do you call it, a couple of, of different uh, characters throughout pop culture history and beam whether they are consequential or truly inconsequential. So the show is Truly Inconsequential live, half hour show and we have a great time that with that um and i've also been doing a new show called um what do you call it uh the dirty little secrets club and uh that is with the uh my co-host dana Pereira. she does uh, that trophy wife life awesome awesome freaking show we uh basically that's the one show that i am you know a little off the rails on in terms of you know, I'll talk, you know, a little bit spicier than I normally would on like a grindhouse and so forth. So that one is not, that one's like PG-13. So, uh, you know, before somebody listens to it, understand that. That new episode's come out Tuesday as well as my rant show, which is within Brimskin and that's on the GHR network as well. So if you guys are interested, check me out and uh, hopefully you guys will, uh, you know, follow me. So that's about it. Yeah, that's been awesome, man. I really enjoyed it. Awesome. It was good talking to you. Honor and privilege. Thank you so much for having me, guys. I really awesome. appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Brim. All right. Well, we'll catch up with you on the next one. And uh, maybe you'll be able to tell us a little bit more about those secret uh, things you got coming up. Absolutely. Well, Grizz, uh, that was a fantastic conversation. I loved talking to that guy. Yeah, he's a good time, man. (laughs) Not what I expected and uh, in a good way. Those are the best usually, right? We always get caught off guard every every couple of these where we expect something and get something completely different. (laughs) In this case, I don't think I expected anything. But I got a whole lot more than that. I loved it. <laughs> you would. It was right <laughs> up your alley. All he talks about everything that you love. Comic Con. Uh, well, all kinds of pop Stanley, culture. Uh, pop we could culture. probably call this a pop culture episode. Yeah, probably. Maybe. Maybe. But thanks for listening, guys. Thank you again for listening to Beautiful Bastards Podcast. Please take a few minutes to give us a rating on iTunes. It's a major part of what keeps this dumbass shit on air. And it helps us keep the lights on so we can keep bringing you new content. Remember, you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, our website, and anywhere else you stream your content from. If you enjoy the show, you can find all our links at Linktree slash Beautiful Or you can check out our website at BeautifulBastardsPodcast.com. And now YouTube, snap into a Slim Jim. And thanks to our new friend Brimstone, now we know the harder you work, the luckier you get.